Hello everyone and welcome to another Kabbalah Explained Simply. I'm Marcus and we're getting straight into it. Annulment of the source of noise in our lives. That's the lesson we're going to be dealing with today. Uh, we're going to look into what is the noise in our lives, where it's sourced, what is the noise coming to be noise toward, meaning noise is generally understood as something that's interfering, something undesirable, something outside of some kind of pure message. So if we're looking at our lives as some major communication system where there's an original sender of a message that, uh, w that wants to come to us, humanity, so, you know, who's that sender? What's that sender? What's the message that they want to communicate? And what's this noise and noise source within that system that's disturbing it? And moreover, once we can analyze all that system, uh, how do we actually work with this problem of this noise and this noise source within such a system? So that's what we're going to get into today, uh, right after this little opening. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into it. There we have this one. And here we go. So as I said, there's a, if we look at our lives as a certain kind of communication system, so even outside of the wisdom of Kabbalah in the field of mathematics, in 1948, a mathematician whose name was Claude E. Shannon, he put together the components of what are commonly known as communication systems in our world, which you can see here. Uh, very simply, a communication system is any system where there's a sender of a message uh, going to a receiver. The sender, and you could say the information source is over there, as you can see in point A, uh, going to a destination or to a receiver at point B, over on the other side. In the middle, there's some kind of transmitter that's transmitting the message uh, and it goes through a certain signal. Uh, the signal gets received by a certain receiver and the message goes to the destination. So, and in the middle of that, you see there some kind of outside influence on that is called the noise source. So firstly, this can be any kind of communication system. Well, what's a communication system? It could mean me sitting with you in a room where I want to tell you a story and and that's and, and all this stuff, for example, uh, my throat where where the uh, and larynx, you know, where the voice goes through uh, through the air, all that can be considered a transmitter going to a receiver, which is you, you know, with your ears, where it gets the vibrations going into your mind. That's the most basic of communication systems, just a person-to-person -person one. And we can expand that to more complicated ones, like what's happening right now. Uh, I'm speaking through a microphone, going through a computer, uh, going through the internet, going through all kinds of waves and frequencies, reaching you on the other end. And you're listening through some form of speakers, you know, either you know, speakers on your phone, on your computer, maybe headphones. And you're receiving this message at this very moment. You, know, you could say that's a bit more complex one. And within such a system, you can think of these in many kinds of ways, all kinds of communication systems that exist. Within any kind of system like that, so you have this noise source that sits in between this transmitter and receiver. And the noise source is known as some kind of interference 
first and foremost, some kind of interference on that original message that the information source or the sender of the message wants to put across. So you can think of that as if I'm in a room just with someone else and saying the message to them and if maybe there's some renovations happening in the other room and someone there with a jackhammer going jin 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 jin. So that could be some kind of noise source in that system. Or more commonly now, if we're talking about us uh, in this setup now, so you might have, for example, Wi-Fi and you might be traveling and you might be driving maybe through a tunnel and the Wi-Fi cuts out. So that's a form of noise in that system. Or it could be some problem uh, with a microphone or with a computer. There's, there's any so causing some kinds of distortions or you know, there's any kinds of ways that there could be noise entering uh, and interfering with that original desired message coming through. Uh, taking it to a more internal, deeper level, noise can exist at the level of our perception, meaning that I want to put across a certain message and the receiver has some kind of holding on to some kind of other uh, information in their minds, which could be considered as noise to that message. We won't go that deep into it for now, though. Just keeping it as this general system of, of communication that we look at. So there's a sender wanting to put a message across to a receiver. Uh, there's these transmitter and a receiver in, in between and the noise source, which is an interference uh, within that system. Uh, an interference of the message that wants to be communicated. Another thing the noise source brings us, we're going to get into why we're talking about all this soon, and just get into some basic uh, machinery for now. But the other thing that the noise source brings us is uh, undesirable or external, outside information to that uh, pure message that the sender wants to give to the receiver. One very blatant example of this is if you think of classical music concerts. If you've ever either been to a classical music concert, you know anyone from uh, Mozart, Beethoven, Bach, all kinds of all kinds of composers, or if you've seen one on the screen, you know that there's a very tense, uh, tight atmosphere because you really you know, need to focus in on the softs and on the louds. Uh, it's not like another. It's not like a rock concert where you know the loudspeakers are blaring out and and you know if your phone goes off or something, it's not as big a deal. But there's a lot of subtlety and sensitivity there. And you know, up until about 20 years ago, it wasn't such a thing with uh, with cell phones. But uh, a person coughing was always an issue. You know, so coughing. You know, you, you go there, you sit down to watch your your this Mozart concert. And really think about all the efforts that, that go in for that message to get through to you, whether it's the all the way from the composer composing the music, you know, spending hours and hours and not just hours composing that specific piece, but in their whole lives, which has led them to a point of, of, of putting that piece to paper, going all the way through to uh, all these performers, whether it's a single performer or an orchestra, you know, practicing and rehearsing all that time that they do to, to, to perfect that music. And again, not just that music, but their whole lives of, of those performers up until then have been dedicated to, the, to their instruments and practicing, etc., etc. And then you yourselves, you know, if you put aside that night to go to that concert, so you put aside, you know, you put money into it, you put your evening aside for that specific concert, you know, you go there, dress up, you know, all these efforts go into, into going to a concert like that. 
And then if there's someone there coughing, it, it just detracts from it. You have this noise entering uh, that, that system. As I said, it could be a cougher, it could be a cell phone going off, uh, and, and that's all considered noise, something interfering to that desired message that wants to be put through from uh, point A to point B, as we see here. So if we're looking into this in terms of what we're dealing with here, because I know you didn't come here to learn about uh, mechanical systems, you came here to learn about what the wisdom of Kabbalah has to say about things. And the wisdom of Kabbalah talks about our life in general, you know, how life works, how nature works. So if we think about this communication uh, system and this com communication model in terms of our lives, so I'll even ask you a question. See your chats here now. Uh, by the way, hello to everyone from around the world. It's great seeing you and, and, and great seeing all your, how many, how many people are here from all kinds of places all around the world. So in the chats, I'll already solve the first one for you. So uh, if we talk about the information source, so we say that that's the creator, which is also synonymous with nature in the wisdom of Kabbalah, creator and nature, uh, one and the same. Uh, in the Kabbalistic numerology, Gematria, so they both share the number 86. And that Kabbalists define that for a reason, because they wanted to communicate to us that creator and the nature are synonymous, that they both express a source, uh, force of bestowal, love and connection, this giving force, this giving quality that has a soul need just to uh, give pleasure to a created being that that force created and wants to sustain, nourish, and grow into being uh, just like that force of nature itself. So I already solved the first part of you of who's the actual sender in that system. If we're talking about this, if we look at our lives now and all of reality as one big major communication system of all communication systems, one that's above and beyond every single person right now in the world speaking to each other, talking through the internet like we are now, that there's a bigger system that's operating all that and behind all that. So that's what the wisdom of Kabbalah talks about. And it says that behind all of that system, there's this sender, there's this original information source called the creator, which is a quality of bestowal, love and connection. Uh, which wants to create a created being, which created a created being in order to fill it with all the pleasure and delight and abundance that it has inherent in its quality, in that inherent quality of giving uh, in self. So that's the information source. So now I'll ask you all a question. You can put it into a chat. What's the pure message that the creator or nature wants to communicate to us? You can already put that in, in the chat. I'd be happy to see your answers there. You can also feel free to ask any questions during this session. We'll, we'll get to it. But uh, I'd like you to answer, what's that pure message that nature or the creator wants uh, to give us? I'll give you, a, give you a minute or so to answer here. Until you do, we'll already start discussing it. That we have this information source, as we said, the creator, nature, the Kabbalists give it several names, the upper force, the upper light. Uh, and if we go back to texts such as the Torah and you know, even before that, so we'll see all kinds of words such as Lord, King. There's, there's a series of names given to this. Uh, and that's the source of sources in, in our lives. If we're talking about some kind of communication that that force wants to have with us, wants to have with people, with humanity. So... That's 
that 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 that's the source of everything uh, of all communications that that, uh, that 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 it wants to give us. Just before I get into this, I'll just read a couple of ones that you've sent out. Southern Sass is writing joyous love. That's what nature nature wants to give us. That's right. So if we're talking about nature being a quality of love and giving, so it would like to pass on to us that we also enjoy and how how can we enjoy the most out of life is if we enjoy with the same quality as nature itself which is a, a quality of love a quality of joy uh, total fulfillment yeah that is also a quality of it because if we're enjoying in an unfettered way if we're enjoying uh, nature in its in, in its entirety in its wholeness in its completeness so we'd be enjoying completely if nature is a what does it mean complete complete meaning eternal that there's no no lack of fulfillment within that whole system we in our current nature we are built of a lack of fulfillment so it's hard for us to ex understand any kind of uh, aspect in reality that that's a complete fulfillment but Kabbalists tell us that if we attain nature in its entirety, if we attain everything that the Creator uh, originally set for us to attain and reach such attainments, then one of the things we receive is considered total fulfillment. Uh, that all is giving. Right, if we're talking about the uh, source force of nature being a, a quality of giving, quality of bestowal, a quality of love, all that, uh, with a pure desire just to please and delight the created beings that it creates. So it's a force of giving, and that's part of that perfection. That's part of that total fulfillment, which it also comes to be almost a catch-22 with our egoistic opposite nature because we understand fulfillment as receiving some kind of fulfillment. But here we define this original creative force in nature which on one hand, it, uh, it has this quality of complete fulfillment. On the other hand, it has no quality of receiving for itself, but only a quality of giving. So it starts, you can already start seeing the hints here that uh, if we really want total fulfillment in our lives, then we have to aspire to give in some form or another, because giving is that original force. It's the it's a force which is superior to us, to our forces, to our nature, because we're a completely egoistic, uh, receptive force uh, within this system. So what you're saying there is also correct, uh, that all this giving, uh, Yvette, nice one. Uh, Jamie's writing here, Creator, work with you, Tikkun. Uh, yeah, you can say that, uh, that the, the, the work we do in order to change our nature, our egoistic, opposite, receptive nature to one of giving bestowal, where we attain total fulfillment, as you said, where we attain the qualities of the Creator, uh, where we attain the ability to, to give as the Creator does. That's called the process of, as you wrote here, tikkun, or we could say correction. It's translation in English. The whole path of the wisdom of Kabbalah, the whole, the whole method leads us to what's called correcting our nature, correcting human nature to being from a egoistic form, a form which is 100% to receive pleasure for my own personal benefit, to a form of giving as the Creator. And that, uh, that inversion of our nature from receiving to given, giving, that's called tikkun, that's called correction. So, so you're right there as well, Jamie. Uh, Patricia uh, Ribaric is saying, 
nature says we are all interconnected and everything we do has an effect on the world. That's also correct. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that more uh, a bit later. As you can see here as well in the diagram, if you see the information source being this one quality, this eternal quality of giving, giving that uh, to a created being. So what's happening here in the created being, the destination, receiving that uh, pure message that nature wants to communicate to us. So you consider, we can consider each one of those dots there being uh, one of us for the time being. And if we truly want to experience everything that nature wants to give to us, so we apply that same quality, that same uh, intention that nature has towards us, that the Creator has towards us, that, that intention of giving, bestowal to each other. And then that is like uh, allowing, that, that as if opens this tap that nature wants us to open. And then that allows its force to, to enter humanity. And then we feel this whole new heightened sensation and perception of reality, which has, as you mentioned, total fulfillment as one of its aspects. And, uh, and we feel that also, uh, we, we start feeling that interconnection uh, among us all as another aspect. It's not the way we might currently feel some kind of concept of interconnection, because now we can understand our interconnection around the world. We understand that we have globally connected economies, technologies, uh, even now, how I, you know, I can be talking here and you, you guys are writing that you're listening and watching this lesson from all kinds of places. Zimbabwe here, I see Iraq, uh, you know, from all kinds of places in the US, Ohio, Michigan, DC, uh, New Mexico, Spain, and, and more and more. So, you know, that's already one aspect of how we're interconnected, but that's some kind of understanding and some kind of external uh, manifestation of our interconnection but but to feel that we're interconnected that feeling of it to, to actually feel all these people who are connected here as one body to feel that when I'm receiving some kind of fulfillment that you all are receiving that fulfillment together with me that's the kind of interconnection we feel when we have that uh, heightened attainment of nature when we have that attainment of that quality of giving love and bestowal that nature wants to give us and that's that total fulfillment that we experience, that when a certain pleasure comes from above, we learn how to apply a correction upon ourselves where we don't just receive it for our own personal benefit, because when we receive it for our own personal benefit, it dissipates within us, as we can see with all kinds of desires in our world, even if you just take the basic desires, food, sex, family, money, honor, control, knowledge, the moment we receive one of those pleasures, it as if fades away into some kind of empty space within us and we're left again desiring something else you know I get hungry for instance you know I eat the food that desire for hunger goes away and, and a new desire pops up and I, and I work with that other desire etc etc that's just the, the most basic of it but it happens with all of our desires but if we invert that if we undergo that correction that you mentioned so we gain access to being able to feel that complete interconnection and also interdependence with all the other people, or you could say all the other desires or souls in the world. And then we feel that when we're receiving with that intention to give, when we're receiving through that corrected form, so that flows out to everyone. And, and as, like I mentioned, it's like we, we all turn on taps uh, and we allow that force to flow out to everyone. What else do we have here? Natalie is continuing that connection and unity. Yeah, so that's just what we explained. Uh, Daniel is saying, enjoy his creation and creatures. 
Yeah, enjoyment. That, that's a huge one here, really. If we're talking about total fulfillment, you could also equally say total enjoyment. Uh, at the end of the day, if we say that what, what's the pure message that nature wants to give to us, you know, even though we're saying all these things here, like you can see on the screen, connectedness, oneness, wholeness, perfection, eternity, ultimately that can be summarized in the word enjoyment, that that the this down arrow here at the top, uh, which is coming from the creator to the created being, that is an arrow of an intention to please, to delight, to to give enjoyment to the created being, to the cre to, to the creation. And our nature as creation, as these beings that constantly want to receive, what do we want to receive? We want to receive enjoyment at every single moment. All of our desires are ultimately a desire to enjoy. And the you could say the corruption in, in creation is that each desire to receive that we have is a desire to receive pleasure egoistically for oneself, for myself. So to undergo an inversion of that, to undergo that correction, as we talked about, that's what allows that intention to change upon that desire. So a desire is a desire to enjoy for ourselves. The desire to enjoy remains always a desire to enjoy, but if we invert that to a desire to give, uh, sorry, if we invert the intention to one of giving, so then we enjoy from giving, and that's what gains us access to that whole complete uh, you know, system of total fulfillment, etc., etc., and interconnection, everything that we can see going on in, the, in this circle here in the middle. Let's just see if we can uh, knock out a couple more here. Mike Burney, I think the creator just likes to hang out with us. Uh, Kevin Long, love and happiness to all. Okay. Uh, okay, there's, there's already some questions coming through, so we'll, we'll get to those soon. Uh, but we'll get into this a bit more. In short, you know, very good, very good answers here. You actually helped uh, put together the whole explanation there. Uh, put as well what your thoughts of what's the noise source in this whole system. If we talked about the pure message that nature wants to communicate to us as being one of oneness, connectedness, enjoyment, total fulfillment, giving, that if we undergo this correction from having an intention to receive for ourselves when we're born to making that one of giving, and that gives us access to eternity and perfection, so that's us equalizing and discovering a pure resonance with the original message that nature wants to give us. So we said that in any communication system, there is a noise source, something which can interfere this message. So what's this noise source? What's this interference, this disturbance on this message, this pure message that nature wants to give us? What's uh, going on there to, to interfere with that? Or you could say otherwise, what's this undesirable information, this information outside of nature, nature's message that wants to come in to, to disturb that? Let's see what you're saying here very quickly. The noise of desire for ourselves or the love of him. Yeah, you can say that, Kevin. It's a good one. Uh, Patricia, my ego, same sort of thing. Uh, source of the noise, ranting in the mind. Yeah. I think it could be our egoistic desires. By the way, I'm all on YouTube here. Let's give uh, people on Facebook a bit of a look. Uh, sorry, what's going on? It seems there existed compassion. Da, da, da. Egocentric. Okay, yeah, so you're right. Our ego, 
Uh, what's our ego? Just to just to clarify it, ego. The definition of ego is the desire to enjoy with the intention to enjoy for personal benefit. Meaning that it's not just a de desire to enjoy. You know, if I'm hungry now and I go to eat, so that's a desire to enjoy. But that's uh, based on some kind of necessity. That's not considered ego. That's simply a desire to enjoy. However, if I desire to enjoy by manipulating others, by abusing others, by you know, enacting some kind of harm upon others by enjoying at the expense of others, at the expense of others in nature, you know, enjoying by subtracting from others and putting into myself. So that's considered the ego, this intention to, to, to take from others, to, to, to enjoy at the expense of others. That, that's, that's the ego that we're talking about. And that's what is the source of roi source of noise in the system. You can say that all this ranting in the mind, as Julie uh, is talking about, uh, that's also a part of it. Because where does all this ranting in our mind come from? Again, it's that egoistic quality within ourselves, always operating, always working in order to try to... Uh, well, we have a desire, which is our uh, our original nature. And that desire sends all kinds of signals to our mind going, okay, I want this desire fulfilled. And then the mind is this computer between the desire and the environment, which uses all kinds of inputs it's received from the environment throughout its life, and which tries to serve the desire according to that egoistic intention. So it's still that same ego, but it brings about all that ranting in the mind in order to go through all kinds of calculations with all kinds of interactions in the environment, together with the desire that's operating on it, saying, you know, this is what I need. And that's how that's always working. So that's the ranting in our mind. So the source of the ranting in our minds, too, you can also say is the ego. It's just got that, uh, that additional mechanism added to it, just to, just to clarify that. And Natalie, I think it could be our egoistic desires. That's right. William, thank you so much for the inspiration, my brother. Thank you too, William. Daniel, the O in obstacles is the O for opportunities for bestowal. That's a nice way of, nice way of putting it. Let's read one more. Crystal, the noise is the creator challenging us to try harder to attain him. Okay, so that's another good one. Yeah, the noise is the... We can think of the ego as a challenge, right? If we're, if we're here, if we go back to that... Pros, uh, that if we go back to that... Uh, that concept of correction, that we're here to correct ourselves. And so what are we correcting? We're correcting that intention to receive for ourselves, which is that egoistic quality. We're correcting the ego. We're correcting the, the ego to be, want to make ourselves enjoy, not from just receiving, but from giving. So if we treat every kind of egoistic manifestation that we can perceive as being some kind of challenge, that that's been given to us so that's you could say us already applying some kind of work to our situation where we can already start working on that correction right okay so we'll, we'll we'll move on a bit so you guys nailed this pretty nicely it's good to see that everyone here is very advanced so we, we defined that the pure message that nature wants to give us is one of wholeness oneness connectedness and the noise source is the ego within us uh, which is our human nature, which always wants to receive pleasure, enjoy at the expense of others, at the expense of nature. So we can look at the system we are in, the the grand communication that we find communication system that we find ourselves in, with the creator or nature as the original 
deliverer of a message, that message of wholeness, that message of pure enjoyment, total fulfillment that it wants to pass on to us by us connecting uh, to one another in this pure quality of giving, bestowal and love, as is the Creator's quality. So if we apply that to ourselves, we'd be, we'd be applying that, we'd, we'd be connecting to that pure message above the noise source. So uh, if we just look at it like this, so that, that's what's happening here. The, uh, uh, we, we get that original, uh, that original message coming through. The noise source is the ego that enters a system, and that enters and and goes into the destination. So here's what happens with the paradox of the ego. It's a paradox here because uh, we want to receive pleasure for ourselves. The ego comes and says that, you know, I want to receive pleasure for myself. I want to take what's around me, subtract from the environment, whatever is at my disposal from nature in order to please myself. But there's a paradox here. On one hand, it's saying, okay, you know, give me enjoyment. But what happens here is we've got this process which shows us that it's really a boomerang, a neg negative boomerang effect when that happens. So if we have a look at this quickly, so you see here, number one is nature's bestowal, wholeness, perfection. It wants to give us that perfection. Two, the noise source comes into play, which is our ego, uh, the desire for myself at the expense of others, which we talked about. Okay, so let's say now I did some kind of action where I you know, really went out of my way to, to enjoy myself at the expense of others. You know, I got whatever it is I wanted, you know, great. You know, the, the directness of that pleasure, I feel it. You know, I got that at, that at that certain moment. However, what happened was that a certain, uh, a certain, uh, you could say whether, we could even put it this way, a certain lack of bestowal, the fact that I didn't do a correction on my nature at a certain point, the fact that I didn't act in nature as nature acts towards us at a certain point of, of development, so that enters the system, that, that lack of congruence, that lack of balance with nature that I enacted right now by just wanting to get that pleasure for myself, that enters the system. And that's called what, what we see here in number three, that this proliferation of noise, this proliferation of the ego enters the system more and more. It, it, it goes through the system. So I might have, you know, in a very narrow narrow visioned way gotten my hand on some kind of pleasure for myself but at that same very moment the the lack of my bestowal has entered that system in general and that's bringing about in ways that I don't even perceive for the time being undesirable outcomes for others so that's there it's working in the system and then ultimately what happens is even though there's this indirect you could say indirect suffering that came from my intention to receive for myself at a certain moment. So directly I got the pleasure, but indirectly it came at the expense of others and nature, which has entered the system and which is working in the system. So at a certain point, that indirect, you could say, uh, form of suffering that entered the system through my egoistic approach at a certain moment, that eventually comes back uh, with at number number four that you see here, a negative boomerang, let's move it along here, effect undesirably or indirectly for myself. That's the thing here. It mightn't be that I, ex as it says here, indirect. Uh, it mightn't be that I experience that, that suffering in, in a direct kind of way according to the action I did. 
but it could be that that indirectness comes comes at me in another way and really that's the source of the fact that whether it's in personal areas social areas we see a lot of economic areas or even natural areas uh, ecological areas uh, we see what could be called crisis in many areas of life proliferating it's that proliferation of the noise throughout the system which just keeps entering the system more and more and as we said on personal levels even if you look statistically at it you know go look statistically at all kinds of problems across the board from you know depression anxiety stress uh to all kinds of mental illnesses you know that's that's on you could say the more personal level to things like divorce rates going up and and suicide rates uh to things like uh, on a more expanded level even things like mass shootings and and terrorism to also things such as uh ecological disasters you know even look at un reports about the amount of ecological disasters in the last decade compared to the decade before that and you'll see this general increase in some cases the in- increase is exponential that there is a lot more problems a lot more crises and that is all this exact thing that we just talked about that uh each action that i do which aims to receive pleasure receive enjoyment for my own personal benefit at the expense of others this lack of me coming into balance with nature's force and form of giving bestowal and love at every single moment so each moment enters that system and that noise proliferates and that's that general global crisis that's expanding in all these kinds of levels that's indirectly of the result of that lack of bestowal that's constantly coming into the system so this is how our lives are developing right now that there's this pure message that nature wants to give us we are not you could say living up to that pure message we're not uh, enacting ourselves on the same resonance of that message and therefore noise enters the system because noise is that interfering aspect which as we said is our egoistic quality coming out more and more into the world and it we don't feel that directly in many cases in some cases we do but Uh, the ego works in a way where directly it wants to receive pleasure for itself so in a direct manner i might feel that pleasure even though that pleasure dissipates and again want pleasure and i want pleasure but we our, our narrow egoistic vision is tricking us because it wants to get that pleasure it's even written in the wisdom of kabbalah that you know at the very end you'll there'll be uh, you'll you'll want to take a sip of some kind of sweet poison from the sword and and that'll finish you off but in short that we 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 want to we want the direct pleasure and it ends up proliferating this noise in the system and that's the cause of all this global crisis that uh, that we that we are experiencing today it's a kind of catch 22 with the ego so that brings us to you know what do we need to do here to to fix this whole system how do we annul this noise source that's really the a uh, solution that we're talking about today annulment annulment is a very complicated kabbalistic concept so it's usually not taught until uh deeper levels of study here we're talking about it in kabbalah explained simply at this level that annulment ultimately is an annulment of that noise source annulment of the ego which gives us access to that balance with nature access to the pure message that nature wants to give us access to that wholeness 
meaning that if we annul that noise source in the middle, if you think of the information source and the destination, that whole communication system of transmitter, receiver, you know, information source to destination, all that transmission and reception and, and all those devices there in the middle, it's, it only comes about because there is that noise source situated there. If, it, if there wasn't an opportunity to interfere with the pure message that nature wants to give us, then information source and dis destination would be in the same very place. You'd have nothing in the middle uh, where you'd need to transmit and receive information and there'd be no interference in, in between it. Simply put, that becomes the infinity symbol as we see it because there's nothing in the middle to 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 to, di to disturb that. So you get rid of the noise source, you get rid of the, the you could say, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it for now, conceptually, you get rid of the ego at, that, that's disturbing that pure message from entering the system and you end up gaining access to that infinity, to that wholeness, to that completion. And we say that annulment is the way to do that. Annulment is a major part of the actual method when we're talking about the work of correcting ourselves. So there's a certain work that's called annulment, which is what we'll get into now. So how does annulment work? Annulment works like this, where first this uh, current, oh, sorry guys, I wasn't showing the screen just there. So this is how annulment works. So this is how we normally uh, conduct ourselves in our, in our way. We normally think of ourselves, this is according to a Kabbalistic uh, text, which we'll read soon, that me in my nature-born ego, I'm a one, and I think of others as zeros, meaning that I always place myself at a higher priority by nature, because I always have this innate desire to serve myself, to serve my own needs before I serve the others, to, to please myself, to enjoy myself before uh, the others. And that comes from the ego being at the very core of, uh, of our nature. And so that perception of myself detached from others, as is written here, is the equals the proliferation of, of noise, interference, problems and crises in the system. So we already talked about how that works. In short, you know, prioritizing self-benefit over benefiting others. That's another way of talking about, you know, the ego at work. And that's the source of all this noise coming into the system of, of the ego proliferating in the world and causing all kinds of problems indirectly, which end up hitting us, you know, on the backside of things in one way or another. So the solution to that, as we talked about, is annulment. Annulment of what? Annulment of that noise source, annulment of that ego, which looks like this. If I place the ego now as a zero, if you see now the guy there who was looking so big, you know, we made him very small, and the others as one, meaning that I shift from prioritizing self-benefit over benefiting others, which was, you know, the ego perceived as one and the others as zero, now I prioritize benefiting others over self-benefit, which is that uh, process of annulment now. I place the others as being greater than me. I look at the others as ones or even tens, hundreds, thousands, etc., and myself as a zero. So then I actually perceive not just others and benefiting others. I actually perceive, if we're talking about wholeness, I actually perceive them as my self, my true self or my great self. If we're talking about feeling connected with others in a single system. So I feel them similar to how a cell feels itself in a body. You know, a cell 
by nature receives only what it needs for its own uh, sustenance and any surplus that it receives it gives to the benefit of the other cells the other organs in the body that's the natural healthy functioning of a cell in the in the body and that's how the body itself functions healthily harmoniously peacefully etc etc and the definition of cancer is when the cell starts receiving you know that surplus for itself at the expense of others and it starts receiving at the expense of others thinking that it's doing something good for itself expanding itself making itself bigger becoming a cancerous cell and in the end that cell also dies so you know you also see how cancer is some kind of example of how we function egoistically as well so annulment simply means making that ego making that self of mine a zero and bringing the benefit of others over myself as one why is this such an advanced concept it might seem uh, so, hang on, let's just go back a bit here. Why is that such an advanced concept? We say, you know, we talk about annulment. It's because it's very hard to accept this idea of uh, of uh, self-love as being something you could say inherent in us. If you look at, you know, you've probably encountered other methods in the world that talk about that you need to love yourself and the way to happiness is loving yourself and that you really need to you know focus on yourself and your own being etc etc and 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 that that's the way to and, and, and you know you have to love yourself first before you can go out and love others in the wisdom of kabbalah it's actually a bit different wisdom of kabbalah comes and says that we love ourselves 100% all the time that involuntarily at our at our, our very nature is a nature of self-love that same egoistic quality that we talked about is a quality of self-love if you looked in if you look in kabbalistic texts uh written by you know kabbalist judah ashlag balasulam uh, kabbalist baruch ashlag rabash you'll often see them referring to self-love in the same way that they're talking about the ego or that they're talking about the desire to receive pleasure enjoyment for our personal benefit so annulling uh, on one hand, might seem very uh, advanced. It seem very, you know, what I'm, I annul myself to others to to benefit others. I place benefiting others over benefiting myself. It seems very far fetched. It seems very very hard to do. We also say it's an advanced concept because we don't start implementing that until we first implement it uh, in a kabbalistic group setting. This is also very important because if we're talking about ourselves living in a society. An egoistic society that everyone you know is born and raised with a healthy ego, and the general consensus among society is what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. So you know if we go out into a what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours setup, and we try to implement what's mine is yours, what's yours is yours. Obviously, we're going to get trampled on and going to get sucked dry uh, from that society. So uh, this is also why it's a more advanced concept because we really start implementing annulment. Uh, within that group setting, within a setting of others who are also practicing that annulment and also working on increasing the greatness of others, so that and and also that we focus on doing it not with all kinds of corporeal needs and corporeal desires, but we really start focusing only on the uh, on the on the on, on the spiritual desire. You could say here on the on the desire which is that same desire which is that desire for love bestowal and connection which I, which is that point in the heart our desire for spirituality that brings us to such a search so you know there's a few 
there's a few, you could say, disclaimers here about annulment that we're talking about that, you know, just to put into place uh, so, we, so we approach it properly. With that in mind, let's just quickly go read an excerpt and then we'll see what, uh, what questions you might have. So here's an excerpt by Rabash, Kabbalist Baruch Ashlag, about it. Here's what he says. Uh, the condition to reach the feeling of the whole is that each will annul before the other. However, when he is separated from his friend, he cannot receive the share he should receive from his friend. Thus, everyone should say that he is nothing compared to his friend. It is, so you can see here as well, he's talking about the friend. Yeah? So friend in the wisdom of Kabbalah, uh, in Hebrew, friend is chaver. Chaver comes from the word for chibur, one where we connect. A friend is one where we connect on that common desire. So if we're talking about a friend in our spiritual life, a friend is one who shares that same desire for spirituality and that same goal. You know, someone who has that goal to undergo that process of correction that we talked about, to change themselves from uh, being just, uh, you know, receiving personal benefit to benefiting others, that, that they have that goal in mind. That, that's, what, that's what connects us as these friends. That's what connects people in a Kabbalistic group setting. So that's what we're talking about here. And when we're talking about practicing an element, that's why we're saying it's, it's an advanced concept. So should, should, you should consider that. So the condition is that each will annul before the other. However, when he's separated from his friend, he cannot receive the share he should receive from his friend. Thus, everyone should say that he is nothing compared to his friend. Yeah, it sounds pretty harsh, yeah, to say that I'm nothing compared to the friend. Let's keep reading. It is like writing numbers. If you first write one and then zero, it is ten times more. And when you write zero, zero, it's a hundred times more. In other words, if his friend is number one and the zeros follow it, it is considered that he receives from his friend ten times more. And if he says that he is double zero compared to his friend, he receives from his friend a hundred times more. Yeah, so here he's saying that in spirituality, it works like this, that if we place that friend, that what's a friend, that another person with that desire, that point in the heart, as we call it, a desire for spirituality. If we place that friend as being greater than ourselves, then we act to the, toward that friend similar to the way a cell acts in the body. We gain access to the abundance of bestowal, love, connection, this abundance which is concealed from our egoistic, inborn, corporeal perception of reality. We gain access to, simply put, we, t we turn on that tap, or, or you could say I turn on that tap toward the friends. And then I actually feel this new kind of abundance. I, I get access to spirituality, a, a spiritual sensation and perception of reality. Not something that comes in and helps me make more money or make me feel uh, more honorable in society or more respected or, or famous or any kind of corporeal goals. It doesn't, it doesn't sit there, but I literally start feeling nature in in its wholeness there's a there's a new sensation that enters us and a new and it and it dresses that enjoyment that nature wants to give us doesn't dress within the egoistic form it doesn't dress when, when we want to receive that pleasure inwardly to ourselves but we as if learn how to redirect that pleasure toward others and then we resonate with nature on that same wavelength you could say above that ego or above the noise source and that's done by this process that we're talking practically about here of that work that we do first and foremost in a group where we uh, work on that annulment 
let's continue reading just another bit from that article. However, if it's to the contrary, and he says that his friend is a zero and he is one, then he is ten times less than his friend, 0.1. And if he can say that he is one and he has two friends who are both zeros compared to him, then he's considered a hundred times less than them, meaning he is a 0.01. Thus his degree lessens, meaning his spiritual degree becomes less, according to the number of zeros he has from his friends. Yeah, so the greater I feel myself uh, to, to these others uh, around me who, are, who also have these points in the heart, these desires for spirituality, and I feel myself as greater than them, I'm basically, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm clogging that tap. I'm blocking it. I'm not letting that abundance that nature wants to flow out to everyone go through me. It stops with me. It kind of, you could say, it dies with me. It's, uh, it's not going to others for me. That lack of bestowal from that point on is entering the system. I'm, I'm, en I'm enacting noise into the system. I'm enacting my ego into the system. I'm that, that same feeling I have of me being greater than them and all these, you could say, negative consequences from that proliferate from that point onward. So this is a little bit about how that process works uh, in our lives. Just get to some of your questions. Natalie Steenbock, is level three much like our conscience? Level three? Uh, could you just clarify that? I don't exactly know what, what you're referring to with level three. Uh, Yetze uh, is asking, uh, did the prophets have to deal with noise? Uh, really anyone, all Kabbalists and all prophets had to deal uh, with noise, meaning that, that noise is our inborn egoistic intention to receive for ourselves. Every single person who is born before they become a prophet, before they become a Kabbalist, you know, before they enter into balance with nature, they have that you know, ego to deal with at a certain point. Uh, prophet is a certain level where, you know, after they've made all kinds of attainments, you could say after they've become Kabbalists and have entered into a certain level of congruence with, with nature. So at a certain point, they're simply given a certain attainment that you could say they themselves don't really deserve it, but it just kind of comes from above. Uh, this this uh, this you know this spark this this certain attainment this this vision that comes to them this perception that that enters them you know so they still did all kinds of work until that point and then at a certain point they they're just given this this dressing from above and, and you know you could say probably at that point on they don't have to deal with it but again you know who am I to say what what a uh, what a prophet has to deal with from 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 that point on that's uh, that's for them to know. Uh, Kevin, when everything is greater than oneself, we are saying that all his light is the greatest and there is none else besides him. Uh, so when everything is greater than myself, are we saying that all his light is the greatest? And Yeah, you're, yeah so you're, you're saying that when we perceive ourselves, you could say as a zero, and you could say everything or everyone, you know, all of reality, all of humanity, let, let's place ourselves into really wanting to connect with all of reality uh, and make the humanity and the creator and everything greater than ourselves. So, yeah, then, then we turn ourselves into a cell in the system of all of reality. And thus, that, that's exactly what you're saying. There's a saying in the wisdom of Kabbalah, there is none else besides him. There is none else besides him is another way of saying that there is a single force that's acting in reality. A single force, one force of love, bestowal, and connection, and that all the other forces that that seem to be 
egoistic forces, uh, you know, the forces that end up developing and changing and being opposite to that force, it's really all come, it's really encased within that noise source that we're talking about. So the more we, uh, the more we come out of that ego, the more we, the more we come out to become like the creator with that intention to bestow, to give, to love as the creator has towards us. So the more we uh, feel that reality of that one force, as we said, wholeness, eternity, perfection, that's exactly what, what, what we feel. So Natalie, ah, here we go. Uh, thanks for clarifying. Is the desire for annulment much like what we have known uh, as a conscience? I still don't really understand the question because this word conscience could have all kinds of definitions and associations attached to it. So I don't know exactly what you're attaching to that word conscience. And as you say, what we have known as conscience, I don't know what you know as a conscience and what I, you know, you'll go to read, you know, different philosophers and science scientists writing about that word and they'll all have their own understandings attached to it. So. Uh, if you're saying, is the desire for annulment much like what we have known as a conscience? Uh, a desire for annulment is, isn't necessarily a desire for annulment. We have a desire for spirituality in the beginning. We have a point in the heart. We have something within our, all our egoistic desires, which is uh, a point of that, uh, as it says, a, a spark of the creator from above, meaning that within our egoistic desires, what we have is a desire which wants to give, which wants to bestow, which wants to love, but which has no example of that, which has, which is only a seed of that. It has no attainment of that. It has no uh, feeling of that. All it, all it has is some kind of what's called a reshimo, uh, a kind of a record from being in that spiritual state at one point, even before we were born, before we we're in this body that we're in now. So there's this unclear sensation within us, which uh, it originally emerges as a uh, desire for spirituality. You could say it's more like a desire which suddenly makes all the other desires in our lives, it, it kind of puts the volume down on them. It kind of makes makes them feel that no matter how much we get fulfilled with food, sex, family, money, on a control knowledge, all these corporeal ways of fulfillment, that there's going to be something missing in each and every one of those. Meaning we can enjoy from all these things in all kinds of ways, but we always feel that there'll be something additional, something surplus that, that's missing, some kind of extra empty space around the sides that we're not able to deal with. And it might bring us negative and it brings us negative sensations. It doesn't give us necessarily positive sensations, but it also, if it's working actively in us, it also pushes us to search. And that's what makes us go on all these spiritual searches, etc., until we come to the wisdom of Kabbalah. And then that's when we learn about the mechanism at work. Kabbalah comes to explain to us how nature's working. You know, what's this nature within us that's working? What's this desire for spirituality? It really starts defining it and, and the roots of it and, you know, and how we can start you know, cleaning the things away from it so we can focus on expanding and nourishing that desire and, and connecting it to other desires for spirituality around us. And that becomes the desire for annulment, meaning that when we start putting that desire for spirituality in the environment where, where, where there's a method for developing it and growing it and and increasing it and expanding it. So that, that you can say is the desire for annulment. There is no real desire for annulment in and of itself. There's no, uh, you could say, desire within ourselves that says, you know, I want to annul myself. It's more something that comes from the method than it speaks to that point in the heart that says that if you do this work of annulment, it's a work. You could say it's 
a certain kind of uh, labor uh, to, to annul oneself because we're working against our natural egoistic desires. But we're also explained, you know, what's the rewards of that state? You know, what's the, what's the benefits of doing so that we enter into balance with nature? And by entering into balance with nature, we actually get a much higher, more meaningful fulfillment than we would if we fulfill ourselves egoistically in, in several kinds of ways. You know, one that leads us to perfection, to wholeness, to, to eternity. And so that's how we eventually come to uh, m m to have a desire to annul from working on this method. And the method also comes together with the environment, a supportive environment of other friends, as we learned other people with those same desires for spirituality who want to reach that same goal. And so in short, it, it, this is why we say that annulment is a rather advanced concept. And usually we don't speak about it. It's probably one of the first times now that we speak about it at this, you could say, more open, you know, Kabbalah explained simply kind of level. We've got four minutes. Let's see what, what other questions we got here. Uh, PJ, as a beginning student, what do you recommend we do practically until we are in a group? Yeah, that's actually right on place, that question. Uh, Simply put, as a beginning student, what we recommend is you just uh, go hard on all the materials, you know, really delve into all the materials as much as, as, much as possible, as much as your desire wants. You know, if you want to watch a video once a week, once a month, once a day, you know, 10 times a day, it's all up to you. And there's so much materials, you know, through this YouTube channel, through uh, kabbalahmedia.info, through Kabu, you know. Really, the, if you want to get into a structured form of study, then what we'd recommend, a structured form of study, meaning to go through the fundamentals, through to you know, intermediate, through to advanced, through to a graduate environment, through to entering a young group where you can start you know, getting access to uh, you know, others as a group and getting guidance on that. So for that, we recommend joining CABU, and we have... Uh, links, you know, the links we're always putting in the description and in the chats here are the links to join CABU to actually start that guided process of study. There's Kabbalah, at the moment it goes like this, that there's Kabbalah Revealed 1, then Kabbalah Revealed 2, that's the beginning level uh, fundamental studies where you learn the basic concepts and fundamental principles of Kabbalah. So there, there's still no group. You're still just learning the basic concepts and fundamental principles. That's really what you should be focusing on as a beginner, just getting those uh, principles and concepts down. So, for example, a lesson like this, you'd, you know, you'd be writing down, okay, so there's a thing called a group, and, and it's part of the method that in the group, you know, I work in this thing called annulment. And you, you can put that aside and, and get to it later when you're in a group kind of thing. So that's okay. And, you know, not to work on it in general society because, you know, then we'll be, uh, you know, getting confused, et cetera, et cetera, and explain more deeply about that earlier. So, yeah, you, you, you go into Kabbalah Revealed 1, Kabbalah Revealed 2. That's the fundamental principles, basic concepts of Kabbalah. After that, there's Kabbalah in action and Kabbalah experience, that's when you start learning about the principles of group study, you know, the work that actually have, takes place in the group and how it works. And you start doing some initial group exercises like having workshops together. So that's, uh, that's another aspect there. And then you join, this is the structured study in Kabbalah, then you join the graduate environment. And the graduate environment, it's, it's an environment. So there's advanced level studies there on a weekly basis, lots of live lessons always happening. And as well within that, you have the option of joining what's called the young group, which is a, uh, uh, it's a as it says, a young group. You, you, you join a process of actually 
uh, going through and learning what it means to be part of a group. And, and that's also its own process. And you get guidance with teachers, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, a, it's a very thoroughly worked out and scrutinized process. So I, I really just laid out everything you can be doing from you know, absorbing content and information and working with materials at this level, all the way through to taking a structured you know, course of study to, to really eventually enter a group if, if you so wish. Uh, and we reach the hour. It's the last, one more question just here from Maria. Are we that force in action? Are we that force in everything we do and in everything that surrounds us? If you're talking about that force being the creator, uh, uh, we are at the moment we are act we are actions of that force. But since we're out of time, I'll just put it very simply that it's said that at the end of the day, you say that there is none else besides him, meaning that there's one force in reality, that it really is on top of everything and moving everything and doing everything, including myself, my thoughts, my desires, everything is acted on by that force. However, we're given a point of free choice within that system. And you know, from this moment on, uh, I should always say that if I'm not for me, then who is for me? Meaning that I, uh, I accept responsibility 100% for what I'm about to implement and do and, and and that's where I can work on performing these corrections to try to enact myself in this system as a healthy part, you know, as a healthy cell within the system from this point onwards. So that's more or less how, how that uh, kind of comes together. And one more quick one before we go into another Q&A now as well. By the way, if you're in Cabu, we're going to have a Q&A session. There should be people already waiting there because we're already one minute past uh, past the hour. Uh, but quickly, Milos says, is there an exam to prove we know the Kabbalah revealed course? No, there is no exam. There are quizzes and there are things you can take there, but you don't have to prove anything. Uh, there's some indicator there showing that you've been through that you've absorbed a certain level of materials there uh, before you move on. Uh, really, it's it's your own desire. Uh, the, in the wisdom of Kabbalah, there's a saying that one's soul shall teach one, meaning one's desire will lead it to the place where it gets its fulfillment. So if you have a desire for spirituality, that's really yearning and wanting to, to progress. So you have everything there to, for it to, to progress. If you, want, if you have a desire to just watch one video here and there, so that's also there for you. You know, it's like uh, there's this massive ocean and depending on how thirsty you are, you can take as much from that ocean as much as you want, whatever you want. And that's how it all works here. It's been great being with you once again. Look forward to seeing all of you who, you, who will be coming onto the Zoom shortly at Kabu. And this has been another round of Kabla Explained Simply. I'm Marcus and look forward to seeing you next time. Thank <laughs> you.